I think I'm getting the green light to go ahead. If you've got your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to be reading a few verses there. It's only fitting on Resurrection Day that we, that we do that. We're still here. We're still here in the middle of the coronavirus. And uh, we just thank God that we can come to you this way. I, I know that I got a cowboy, a cousin of mine, and James, you in Texas. I sure want to tell you that I love you. I want to tell you that God's still on the throne, and he's good. And uh, I tell you what, we, we come to worship him today. We got the word. I appreciate a text I got this morning. Preach the word. We can preach the word. We don't have to worry about that. So as we have got the scripture, just, just read that in Luke 24, the first chapter. I want to maybe just set the tone for what's going on. You that are not saved yet, I pray that you're going to be, uh, be getting saved today. Uh, by, uh, some broadcast. You may not just only listen to this one. It may be another one. We celebrate this resurrection. Said In Luke 24, first verse, said, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, there came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found a stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Praise God for that. And it came to pass that after that there was much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must first be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. You know, it's something what we remember and what we, uh, we get out of things and uh, about the Word of God and how true it is. Uh, we stand on the Word of God and we, we have faith. I, I had looked up the word hope and I'll be bringing that to you uh, a little later, but the word hope, as I looked up the definition, it was uh, 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 being, being alert. Uh, that word hope, it would, be, it would be expecting something. It was an expectation of something that was going to come, come to pass. And so as we look at scriptures and we come today and we realize that, that we're here and we've got a lively hope. We're not like someone that would bow down to Buddha or Mohammed or something like that. Uh, uh, but we have a risen Savior. We've got a lively hope that lives inside of us and we can go to that. I've got to share this scripture that I'm trying to dodge around square, sharing with you. And it's in Romans, one that you're going to know very well. As we going through this time, I want to make sure that I bring you hope as I preach God's word. But I want to make sure that I, I bring you that. But it's in Romans 8, 28. And even in this time, even a time that we've got this virus going on, even a time on Easter when we're here and we're not together as we most of the time are and people are responding. And I can tell by the looks whether they're paying attention or not. Well, as I look out there, very few seats are paying attention because it's very few in it. But, uh, but it said these words, and we know, that's the people of Christ. 
What in the world are we, are we going to get out of these things? That, and we, for we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And I, as I have said this verse here lately, a lot of times we, we've got to realize that we have been crucified with Christ. We're no longer our own once we come and give our life to Christ. So first things, when you, when you read the scripture, you get to thinking, I, well, I don't know what I'm getting out of this. I don't know what it's doing for me. I, I can't see how this is doing anything for me. But it's not about us, Sister Renee. It's about the kingdom of heaven. And, it, and we're, we're, we're crucified with Christ. We're crucified with whatever his will is. We're crucified with whatever he's got in mind. We're crucified with whatever path that he's got for us to go on. We, we're just crucified and knowing that God, as we sung last Sunday, has got the whole world in his hands. So we stand on God's word and we preach God's word for we know that all things work together for the good. I love that song, we'll understand it better by and by as we stand before the Lord one day, we'll, we'll understand that. And we think about uh, three things that we could say to you. I could have 10 things, but you know, you gotta have three things, I guess, to be a preacher. And you don't probably want me to have 15 things, but uh, three things that God uh, showed me that we need to look at this morning. We need to look at the fact that we are so blessed that we have a Savior that we even have a Savior. Yes, it's the resurrection in the morning, but let's go back a little while. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son uh, to come so we can have everlasting life. So thank God this morning that we had a Savior, that we had somebody willing to come, put, up on, put on flesh, dwell among men, and be a savior for us. Be, be the lamb as John the Baptist was looking and, and he seen Jesus maybe coming over the horizon. He said, behold, the lamb of God that come to take away the sins of the world. If you're, uh, maybe you're thinking this morning, uh, contemplating this morning about, man, I, I'd, I'd love to be saved. I just don't know that, that I can do it or not. I would say to you today, all you have to do is just give your heart to Jesus. He said, he said, he'll come and he'll take that away. He'll, he'll start plucking those things out of you that, that you need. It's kind of like logging in to something until you get, get in him. The Bible said that we're, we're engrafted in him. And when the Holy Spirit, when we're not our own anymore and we come to the point like it's time, it's time. It may be that God's just using this to realize that, that God's in control. Oh, I tell you what, I had a good time this morning as I was studying. I, I was just thinking about how the thunder is what woke me up. Kaylee said it didn't bother her at all. But I, I can remember the thunder, man. It shook the house and it, it woke me up. And then all of a sudden, I just would hear the thunder rolling. And it was kind of like a growl going on. And uh, Renee, I, I just pictured our Savior like a lion just looking over the prey or looking over whatever he had, the dominion under the line. But I just seen God just looking out and just roaring into heaven, just letting us all know that God, that he's all powerful and he's all God and he ain't never changed. And I just got to thinking about this virus. I got to thinking about on the day of Pentecost. I got to thinking when they all got in one mind and one accord, and I don't know what it's going to take for the church. Seem like in the church sometimes we're the most separated people that there is. But on that day, they was in one mind and they was in one accord. And the Bible said there come a wind, there, there come a mighty 
like a rushing wind that pulled up, pulled upon the people. It just blowed upon the people. And I got to thinking, I don't know what God can do. Is this raining outside this morning? I don't know if God can send a special rain. And because of humidity, the moisture in that water, it could just, it could just push this virus right on out of our, uh, uh the country that we live in, I, I don't know what it would take. I, I, I don't know if God's going to send a cold weather, hot weather. They said in hot weather, it's going to be, be better and how, how it would tend to not want to do as much in hot weather. But what we really need is we need to be so dependent upon God. And we ought to be saying, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. Lord, I don't know when you're going to do it. But I know that one day it's going to come a day that you're going to blow this virus out here. And Lord, all my hope is in you. I'm so dependent on you. We need to be praying for a president every day. He's doing such a great job to do all that he can, all he has to fight with. But I came to tell you, our president needs to be dependent upon the Lord. He needs to be on his face before the Lord. So, Lord, I'm just a president, but you king of kings and you Lord of lords. You're the resurrected Savior. You're somebody because of the resurrection that I can talk to. So I first wanted to say, thank God that he, that he gave us a Savior to start with. Thank God that he came and he, then he became a, a sacrifice for sins. Thank God that he dwelt among men. He walked. They seen miracles and they seen him heal the lame and make, 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 make people that couldn't talk, talk. And, and how that, I was thinking about how Zacchaeus, how they come upon him and, and he was up a tree and he had got so interested that he, that he looked and, and uh, he got up that tree and Jesus looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, I'm, I'm coming to your house today. I want to be, I want to be at your house today. I want to go home with you. And the, and the Pharisees looked at him and they, they said, he's going home with a sinner. Boy, I'm so glad of that Tuesday night, Sarah Beth, that he went home with me. Man, I come out of that Assembly of God church. I pulled down there to that road. I won't ever forget them stars and that moon. And I thank Lord, you're going home with me tonight. You're not going to never leave me nor forsake me. You will always be there for me. As I got to thinking this morning, I got to thinking, is all this going on? Is maybe the Lord trying to get his attention? The Bible says, you know, sometimes uh, we want it all positive, and I think it is positive what I'm going to say. But the Bible said that he chastises his children. He, he has a way of bringing them back in, just like your mama maybe used to just snap your finger. He had the way, maybe your father would just give you that look that you know, and you would know, I, I better straighten up. I better quit doing what I'm doing. Maybe that the Lord is looking down. Do, do we as a church, do we as a church, the whole church of God, the whole, the whole church, every church, do we need to be resurrected? And is this maybe a certain Easter that's never been before? Everybody I talk to don't ever remember a time that, that there's anything been like this that they couldn't go and have church here in, in 2020 that we, it's the first time. It's the first time it's been stripped from, it's been took from them. We think, I've heard a lot of preaching that would say, that would say that, you know, there may come a day that we can't worship like this anymore. It may come a day this could be stripped from us. It could be taken from, them, from this. Oh, but when I say that, I want to think about as Jesus asked Peter, said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Oh, he, he, gave, he gave a couple answers who a couple more people said he was, but he, he looked back at Peter. He said, but Peter, who do you say that I am? 
We here at Christ Church of Brownsville, Tennessee, let me tell you something. We say the same answer that Peter said. He said, thou art the Christ. And Jesus looked at him and he said, upon that rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Have we gone to sleep? Maybe we need to be resurrected. I, I got a few things as I want to finish up. Thank God that he was a savior. Thank God that he went and he, he died for us. But thank God on that third day, just like he said, if they come and that stone was rolled back, all fear come upon them. Maybe they thought that somebody had come and got him through the night, but we found out in the scriptures later that that was not the case at all. It had already been prophesied that our Savior was going to go to sit at the right hand of the Father. Thank God that he did that, and he sent the Holy Spirit of God that he could come. Man, we need a win. We need a Holy Ghost win. We need a win to come where the fire can come from heaven. That's a judgment of God. And that judgment can lay upon us and we can realize without him, I can do nothing. Like this song says, without him, I'm like a ship without a sail. And we're going to trust in God and we're going to put our faith in God because we know that God's judgment is coming upon everyone. Unless the blood of Jesus be applied to your life, you won't make heaven. I tell you what, going through this time where I, you know, I don't know where some people say, what do you think? How do you think it's going to be? They, they've got a lot of ideas. They think, well, I think when it's over with, I was talking to someone the other day, I believe the stock market's going to bust wide open. I, I believe they're going to be, I believe the economy is going to be better than it ever has been. And, and I believe maybe that, you know, the football games is going to go on. I still believe, you know, we're going to be able to go on that vacation maybe that you plan in October. You still think, and I, I still think that I'm going to, I'm going to do that. But we as a church, Sister Renee, what our mind is, I'm thinking that God's going to fix it. I think God is going to put it all back together. I think God is maybe just trying to get the church's attention. I think the next time that we come in these doors, as I look to my right and I look to my front and I look to this left side, this door's over there where people normally come in. I think the next time, I think our conversation, just like on the day of Pentecost, I think after this is blown through and it's all over with and we realize how good a God is, I think the next time that we come in our conversation, we're going to be speaking in a new tongue because our conversation, it's not going to be looking on seeing what somebody has dressed. It's not going to be necessarily, I want to sit on the back row. I want the best seat in the house. I want to get right to the feet of Jesus. That's where I want to be. I think that's what it's going to be for the believer that they're not going to be worried about so much about these things that God's going to take care of anyway. And you say, brother, it's all important. It sure is. But I tell you what, we stand on God's word. I told you earlier, the Bible said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. There never has been a time in your life. You, you look around you wherever you live and you look and see how blessed you are. You just kind of ask yourself, did I deserve that? Have I done so much for the Lord that he owes this to me? No, he, he owes us the wrath of God, but he just chose to bless us. Just like as I've been looking out and seeing the rain, how it just, how it just pours down on us and how, how he just continues to bless us. And that's what God is doing. He's blessing us each and every day. So if I come to ask you a question this morning, maybe the church needs to be resurrected. You know, you have to watch sometimes. You're driving down the road and you're getting late at night and you're not. I remember coming from Louisiana not long ago and I was coming home late on a Saturday night. Heath was with me and I pulled in a, pulled in a gas station and I, and I just pulled off. I said, Heath, I, I need about 15 minutes. 
whole lot of people snore, but Kayla, I'll blow when I'm really tired. And I remember it hadn't been about 15 minutes, and all of a sudden I said, I just blowed. You know, I woke myself up, and I cranked up, and Heath was looking at me like, I, I guess we're going. I said, well, man, we're good to go now. We don't like but an hour and a half to get home. And, and I want to thank Renee. I, I don't believe we far. I don't believe we far. I believe, the, I believe the long arm of God is when he comes back, I believe he wants the church. Man, the, the lost need to be saved. I know that. But I'm telling you, I believe God is trying to get his church ready so when he comes back, the Bible said he's coming back for a peculiar people. He's coming back for a people that's going to worship and praise him. And I believe he just may be doing a little check thing. And he said, man, I just want the church to realize that in any given time, Things could happen. This could be taken away. But when you come back, will you just worship me in spirit and in truth? So I, the first point I had right here that I had wrote down how the church has maybe gone to sleep at the wheel. Maybe they've gone to sleep at the wheel. Maybe, maybe that's what's going on. When I say at the wheel, maybe they've gone to sleep as the one that's supposed to be in charge. At the one that the Bible said they're, they're not being alert. They're not... They're not diligent. They're not sober. They're not, they're not really thinking about the Great Commission. As individuals, we come to church and we, we leave it up to the preacher maybe to tell folks about Jesus. And then us preachers don't do the best job at that either. Maybe we've all gone to sleep. Maybe we've all dozed off and we hadn't even thought about that person that, that's hanging around us and, and, and working with us and whatever they're doing. We're not, we're not even thinking about telling them about this Jesus, and that was the greatest commission. That's the reason why we have church. We have church so we can come and be saved. Yes, we have church so we can worship. But the greatest commission was, is to seek and save. That's why he come inside of you, so you can be an instrument for him, so you can go and tell somebody else. Man, try your best next week to tell somebody about Jesus and close the deal. Make sure that they're ready to meet the Lord, not being alert. Not being vigilant, not being sober. Maybe we've, maybe we've just kind of gone to sleep. Maybe we need to be a resurrected from our sleep. Maybe we've got dull. Maybe we've got everything in the world. We bring everything into the church that there is. We come into church everywhere else. We meet somebody at Walmart and we're happy. When we come to church, we're down. Brother Eddie, have you heard this bad thing? Have you heard that bad thing? Listen, it ought to be a time when we come to church for to worship. Then if we got some problems, we got some altars down here, we can come to pray. We can cast all of our cares upon the Lord for he cares for us. Are we asleep at the wheel? Do we need to be resurrected as a church body? Oh, I had another thing that he, that he gave me. Have we became dead? Dead to the challenge of being an overcomer. As people look at the church, even when this virus is going on, we don't need to be a people that's in gloom and doom. We don't need to be a people that walk around. We, we want to hear an encouraging message this morning. That's what I want to give you. I want to give you an encouraging message. Look here. I, I, I seen on the sign, the best vitamin for the church is be one. The best vitamin for a Christian, it was to be one. Just be a Christian. And so when things come our way, may we have become dead to the challenges of being an overcomer. Oh, sometimes we, we have to look a little further. We're not, we're not, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. 
We're in this world, but we're not a, a debtor to no one in this world. So, so the Bible would come to us and, and he said, we're made more overcomers by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Have you become dead as the challenges that face you? Or do you, as I wrote down the word, do you, as the challenge of face you, being an overcomer, are the lost seeing the church as fearful? Are the lost seeing the church as whiners? Rather than having faith in that God's going to take care of you and God's going to provide for you and he's never failed you and you're going to trust in him. So not only have we went to sleep at the wheel, but not being alert of lost people that's around us, not being alert of things, not being watchful, but being dead to the challenge that come before us and, not, and we have a testimony is when people look at the church and say, man, I seen somebody the other day. Man, they went to this crazy church wherever it was. They going on. They, they going on. They, they're abiding. Yes, they're trying to abide by the rules that, that we have, that we can all work together so we cannot spread this virus. But I tell you what, I've seen them. They still got the love of Jesus in them. They still joyful. They still happy. They ain't gloom and doom. When you ask them, what are you going to do? My word, you just want to sing that song. I still trust you, Lord. It don't make no difference what comes our way. So not only... We need to be resurrected because we went asleep at the wheel, not being alert to win other folks for Jesus. But we become dead in them challenges. And not only that, you know it's a big thing to me. I, I, I believe it's, it's, it's a big thing. We, we've got a graveyard mentality when it comes to worship. I, I don't know. I, I, I know when the lost come and, and people are worshiping God. And I think about it in Isaiah chapter 6 where, where he said... Uh, uh, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and there was seraphims flying over and they was crying, holy, holy, holy. I think when you come into the church house, I believe you ought to be one that, that's got raised hands to, to heaven and you're crying, holy, holy, holy. I think it ought to be a place where in Psalms it says to enter into his gates with praise and thanksgiving. Has all worship?" And praise the God of heaven who created it all, who was crucified for a hope. He was crucified so we could have hope. Has, has all worship and our praise because maybe we, we, we think we make someone in, uncomfortable. But when we go to the ball game and when, when you have a grandbaby one day, and when he goes up to that little tea stand, Renee, we've, we've already experienced it and when they finally hit that first ball we just we just all excited about their uniform we just all excited about the little shoes they got on and they they just look so pretty you know we just oh look at you looking good whether it's a little girl boy whatever they playing and we're excited but that first time that they do something excited we don't worry about who's around us i tell you what i think we've took on a graveyard mentality and i know sometimes that seems like that's what the Satan fights us with the most, even as a pastor or as a praise team, as you say, come on, church, we need to get up and we need to raise our hands. We're not crazy. We know that people, I, I remember being lost and sitting out there in the church and, 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 and we've been sat down for they'd sing the first, second, and last stanza. And so they were all standing. I'm sitting down in a comfortable seat and I'm lost, know my way to hell anyway. And all of a sudden, they do something absolutely crazy. They say, if, if we can, on the last stanza, can we stand? 
I thought, good Lord, I can't believe I'm going to have to stand up for one stanza is what it amounts. I can't believe that I'm going to have to do that. What are we standing for? And I can remember just how much it took out of me just to stand on my feet, just to sing that last stanza. Man, I'm glad for here at Christ Church, if you come visit our church, if you're sitting down, you're going to be in a minority, not the majority. Because here, I'm so proud of our church. When we come and we worship together, oh my goodness, they'll just stand to the feet and they'll just stay standing. I, I thank God for the ones here to, a few weeks ago, the preacher was struggling. Sister Renee, you, you just stood for me. And, and I thought about it. Ezekiel said, I, I searched for someone to stand in the gap, just to stand. Bible said, when all else fails, just stand and see the salvation of the Lord. It's all worship and praise to the God in heaven who created it all and who was crucified for a hope as it took on a graveyard mentality. Let me just take the time to read you in Psalms 150, a verse that you know so well, just in case maybe you watching this morning and you saying, oh, Brother Eddie, man, I knew you wasn't all Baptist. Or maybe you're saying, I knew you wasn't all sin to God. When I stand before the Lord, I ain't worried about them names going to be over the door. I just worry about that night that Jesus come in and he sealed me with the blood of Jesus. It says these words in Psalms 150. It says, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise him. Again, praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in the ferment of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him to according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbre and dance. Oh, we can dance a little bit. We can do a little jig. It ain't out of order. Ain't that something? Praise him with the string instruments. You mean the guitar, the guitars. We can play the guitars. Oh, yeah and instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. You mean we can beat the drums? We can make a noise? Yes, we can. Praise him with the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So as we hear on Resurrection Sunday, maybe we need to be resurrected as a church because we serve in a resurrected Savior. Maybe we need to come and we need to be resurrected as a church. We need to change maybe all way of thinking and we need to call upon the Lord while he, while he is listening, while he is pleading with us to come. I just think about the Lord and all that he is and all that he is good to us. And I gave you three things. Thank God for a Savior to start with. Then as Houston starts the invitation, the next thing that I told you, not only thank God for a Savior. Man, as I say that, I just think about Jesus. I just think about him walking around. I think about him standing in that temple when they cut that hole out. And, and, and he let that man down. And, and how he had some people that loved him so much. And nobody could get into church house. When we, when we come back to church, is it just going to be a few people? Are we going to have a whole lot of empty seats? Is it going to be a whole lot different when it's here? I'm going to tell you something. There's been a lot of times we've had church, Renee, and I've looked out and I've seen a lot, a lot of empty seats. And I know I meet people in different places. They're asking the question, 
How you doing? Are you having church? Some of them say, are you having church? Are you having church? And they saying that in a way, Kaylee, like, surely you're not going to be, be the one that's going to cause everybody to get sick. Surely you're not going to be, be the one that's going to be opening up church when nobody else is closed. And I, I heard them say that one time they said, someone said, somebody said, I guarantee that Brother Eddie's going to have church. I'm going to have church. I'm going to have church in my heart. But I think about some people, they, they just ask that question. Maybe so they could go talk about you like the Pharisees and Sadducees was and how they asked that question for that reason. I wonder what they'd have said if I said, yes, we have in church. I wonder if I even done right. I think about the Bible, how it says, don't fear the one that can control your body but your body and your soul. I don't know if I'm going to look back one day and I'm going to say, Lord, what was I supposed to have done? What, what makes it right? What makes it right not to have church? What, what makes it right? What makes it right to get up and preach a, preach a message about having hope and having, having faith and having so much faith as we preach messages and that, that you can have a, much of the grain of mustard seed and you can speak into the mountain and be that removed. And there's all kind of things. As maybe as Christian people are looking, so there you go. You need to abide by the laws of the land. That's right. I'm just telling you it's a tough thing to try to work out in your mind. I'm, I'm not telling you it's right or wrong. I'm just, I don't know how I'm going to look back at it. I don't know if the next time that I'm going to be praying for somebody, I say, Lord, we believe you, Lord, that you're going to touch and you're going to deliver and you're going to heal. I don't know if it ain't going to be a flag in my mind every time. Yeah, but you didn't do that when it comes time to church shutting down, preacher. See, you don't have to worry about that because you ain't never gave the responsibility of the pulpit. Man, I preached some strong messages right, beside, right before I decided to close down some strong messages. Who are we going gonna, to gonna obey? The Bible says God or Mammon. But if you've never been called to the to the service, you, you don't have to worry about it. You can, you can go about your business today and when you stand before the Lord, if you, wherever you work at, you're going you're gonna to stand before him and you as a carpenter, you as a plumber, you as a factory worker, you as a salesman, whatever you was, that's the way you're going to stand before the Lord. But when I stand before the Lord, I'm going to have to give an account. I don't know if it's going to affect the rest of my life. Thank God for a Savior. And thank God for a Savior that gave his life. And thank God as we come this morning, thank God for a Savior that on that third day he got up out of that grave so Kaylee, Jalen, you and I could be saved, we could be redeemed, we could have a lively hope, and we could know Jesus as our personal Savior. You know all's left to be done today. All's left to be done today if somebody's lost for you to be resurrected. If somebody's lost, is here and says, morning, all that's left, we didn't have a Savior. We didn't have him come dwell among men. We didn't have him to die and be put in a, a tomb and he's done been resurrected and he's our lively hope. He is our risen Savior. All's left today is for you as a lost person to come and give your life to Jesus. In closing, I think about the two boys that went to the wise man to his house one day. He had an answer for every question. He said, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to get that wise man. We're going to go to that wise man. We're going to put a bird in our hand. And we're going to ask that wise man, is this bird alive or dead? 
And if he says he's dead, we're going to open up our hand. We're going to let him fly off. He'll be wrong. If he says he's alive, we're just going to squeeze the breath out of him. No way he can be right today. And they walked up to that wise man. And they said, wise man, we got a question for you. He said, okay. He said, wise man, I got a bird in my hand. Is he alive or dead? The wise man looked at the two boys. He said, well, I guess it's all up to you. You know, as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and how Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, he's at the right hand of the Father. Now it's all up to you. See, we ain't waiting for a, for a Savior to come. We've already had a Savior to come. We're not waiting for a Savior to do miracles so we can know that he was not just any man. He was a man that come, can heal, could touch. He could set the captive free. We know that dwelt among men. We're not waiting for someone to pay a sacrifice for our sins. It's already been paid for. I love that song. It said, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart was rolled away. Listen, it's up to you. You want to be alive or you want to be dead? The Bible says because of your unbelief, you're dead already. You've already, you've already done your sentence to go to a devil's hell on Resurrection Sunday. Be resurrected where you are. Can I pray with you? Lord, Lord God, I thank you. Lord God, I praise you for saving me, Lord. Lord, I was not deserving of you saving me. And Lord, I remember what I asked you. Lord, this is going to be a hard task for you to have to work on me for the rest of my life, Lord. But God, if you want to save me, I, I need to be saved. Lord, it may be someone today. You may think you've done, done something too wrong. Man, you may be worrying about what folks are going to think about you. You may be thinking about, I, I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know. Don't you worry about that. I've never, ever met someone that gave their life to Jesus and say, I wished I'd never done that. I never have met somebody that got saved, got born again, said, I wished I'd never had done that. Everybody I know that ever got saved, I'm here to tell you there's some happy folks. Today, you give your life to Jesus as simple as ABC. You got to admit you're lost. You already know that. When I first started preaching today, I could, just, I could just picture in my mind people sitting at home. Maybe you're going down the road in your car. I don't know what you're doing, but it come to your mind. You know what? I'm lost. I need to be saved. This time I give my life to Jesus. I've lived long enough. I, I've had enough chances. I need to give my life to Jesus. I admit that I'm lost. That B part, you've got to believe that Jesus died for you. Just make it personal. Make it personal. Maybe take that world out of it and put yourself as the world. That you're the one who died for. And that last part, you've got to be ready to confess your sins to God. God, I'm, I'm just no good. I'm no good. I, I know that I can't stand before you. And I confess that you're Lord of Lords and you're King of Kings. You're the only one who's got saving power. And I give you my life in Jesus' name. And if you've done that and you've asked Jesus to save you, was drawn by the Holy Spirit of God. I'm not talking about you just up in one moment and you just think that. I'm saying if you was already on conviction, you has been drawn by that Spirit of God. You knew that you was lost. You knew that you was miserable really inside. All that you could accumulate in life and all you could have and you can stack it up and you can have a long line of things that you own. Oh, you can tell me all about it. It may take two hours. Well, I forgot something. I, I actually own something else. And to know in just a moment, everything will be took from you and you'll be completely, completely broke and in a devil's hell. And that's not where God wants you to be. He's prepared a place for you and he wants you to be in heaven. He wants you to start it today. And I pray you've done that. And if you have, we give all the 
glory to God and all the praise to God for all he's done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.